Welcome back to Sling and Quack. I'm Rusty Ryan, joined by joined with Dom. Yeah. If you don't know already, uh, David is no longer doing this podcast with me, unfortunately. Um, if you didn't know that, weird. Uh, but the positive is I'm still here, or maybe that's a negative. Another positive: Dom is joining us. Uh, big week coming up. Oregon basketball is taking on uh, the rest of the Pac-12 in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 championship tourney. Why more events aren't in Vegas involving the Pac-12, I will never understand. I think everything should be in Vegas. Like, why the Pac-12 championship game isn't in Vegas is beyond me. It makes too much sense. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely have to agree. I think, you know, West Coast, it has to be Vegas. I mean, I mean, everyone wants to go to Vegas. You know, if you put it in California, that's a Pac-12 state. You know, let's, let's make it be neutral. Come on. If you want to go to Vegas, you make a little trip out of it. You know, I mean, I think if for football, you could put you could put the venue anywhere. I mean, people would go to people would go to Idaho for a bowl game. It doesn't even have to be a good bowl game. But if you put that in, you know, you put a basketball game, you know, in Vegas, I think that automatically raises the, raises the value of it. Oh yeah, from a fan attendance perspective, it's like for example, like the Pac-12 championship game when we were playing, uh, when football was playing Arizona, that was at the 49er Stadium, right? Yeah. That was oh, Pac-12. I'm not yeah, going to against, that. I'm not going to yeah, that. Oh, definitely. I, I, I'm a Bay Area native. I'm a 49er fan. I should have been, you know, dying to go to that, but yeah. I decided to, you know, skip it. I thought, oh, you know. It caught up on school, and it just to be quite honest, even if I was free, uh, it just didn't sound enticing. You yeah. know, college college athletics is all, you know, at least for football, it's about you know the experience. You know, and playing at the pro stadium just wasn't enticing. And I, I don't did it even sell out did the Pac-12 championship? Uh, no, but only the SEC really sells out, and the Big Ten yeah. a little bit. But if I was from the perspective, and Oregon was taking on Arizona, and you're saying. That they're playing in Vegas one weekend, I'd be like, eh, I could probably make it out. I can make a trip to Vegas. I'll give Vegas another shot. Oh, definitely. I definitely have to have the funds. I can't do that now, but you know, <laughs> a few years down the road, I think that sounds like a, a great getaway weekend. So, I, th- I think Vegas definitely adds, makes it more enticing. So, luckily, the Pac-12 got something right. Basketball is in Las Vegas. It's fantastic. Oregon is. The number two seed. Yeah, that is shocking. ridiculous. Okay, before the season started, where would you have guessed Oregon would finish up? I think uh, I would have put them at eight, which is right where the the so called experts put them. I think eight sounded about right. I mean, if you talk about all the players that they lost, just the turmoil on top of that, it was, you know, I don't, I don't, no one was expecting this. The number two seed, like I, I still can't wrap my mind around it. It's unreal. Yeah, Sean brought up a good point on our last podcast that we did. With uh, Dave, Sean, and I did a big podcast. It was one of our better podcasts. Um, the night of uh, signing day. And Sean brought up the point when we switched to covering basketball that Dana Altman has surpassed all of our expectations every single year he's been the, he's been the head coach. Oh, absolutely. And I know there was the off the field stuff, but or off off the field. Off the court stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
but purely looking at it from a basketball perspective, it's really unbelievable what he's been able to accomplish. Like, this is honestly a team I kind of left for dead and just said, okay, like Dave and I have this conversation, like, okay, they're the Ducks, so we're going to watch them, but, you know, this is not thrilling at all. And here they are, the number two seed. Yeah, it's it's no one expected this. I mean, you could see the attendance, and a lot of it was from, you know, the stigma of everything that happened and then that unfolded in the past year. But I think at the same time, people support a winner, and no one thought they were going to be this good. No. And, so they take yeah. on the winner of Colorado, Oregon State. Colorado's the 10 seed. Oregon State is the 7 seed. Uh, actually, by the time this goes up, that game will probably be done. <laughs> so uh, by the time you're listening to this, on a Thursday, this is probably going up Wednesday night, so unless you have the RSS feed to our blog talk radio, uh, you're probably not going to see it until Thursday. Uh, so at this point, we'll already know if it's Colorado or Oregon State that we'll be playing. Um, Also on our side of the bracket, uh, the winner of Washington-Stanford goes on to play Utah, and then we play that team in like the final four, the semifinals, basically. And Big Bad Arizona is on the other side of the bracket, thank God. Yeah, all roads lead to Arizona. All roads lead to them. Uh, I mean, if they obviously were... And if they get two wins out of this tournament, I think that'll be. I think people are starting to expect more now. Like people are automatically going to assume, oh yeah, Oregon State, you know, or uh, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Know, that, that'll be an easy win. But and you know, that's you know, in sports, it's not how exactly how it works. And then if they do take that one, Washington, Stanford. I mean, Stanford, Stanford, and Oregon State went down to the wire. Mm-hmm. I mean, Oregon. Make no mistake about it. I mean, Oregon has played extremely well, but you know, a few bounces here or there. And those are two losses, you know. Mm-hmm. I think if Oregon State didn't start uh, all five of their walk-ons, I mean, what was it like a six-point six-point win for Oregon? But uh, Oregon State started that game out with three turnovers, and you know they don't do that. It could be a different game. Same with Stanford. Stanford is extremely fortunate. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, you'll take it. That's sports. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm gonna pull up the scores against re- against the opponents. So against Colorado, Oregon played them once this regular season. That was on February 18th, and they won 73 to 60. This uh, is Colorado. Yes. Yeah. Uh. God, they Oregon's, can't catch a break in any sport. <laughs> no, that is just... Thank God they have the Denver market. Yeah. Um, we played Oregon State twice. Once on January 3rd, which was at uh, Matthew Knight. That was a 71-59 win. And then on March 4th, uh, that was down to the wire. That was a close yeah. one. Even mm-hmm. though Oregon State spotted us five points yeah. by putting all their walk-ons in, um... That was a nail biter. It was a sixty-five, sixty-two win. Yeah, that was. Oh yeah, three point. Yeah. So I'd much yeah. rather play Colorado in this next round. Oh, definitely. And, and you know, rivalry game. All bets are off in a rivalry game, as as the cliche goes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Gary Payton Jr. It's you know I feel obviously Oregon State's a better team than Colorado, so I want to face the Buffs. 
But, I mean, yeah, Oregon should be favored if they play the Beaver, if they're set to face them. But, yeah, definitely the scarier opponent. Okay, so w- I'm going to have you guess the line. I already I just saw the line. What would you say the spread is for Colorado-Oregon State? Uh, and we'll say the current line, not the opening one. The current one? Under five? I don't know. But who's favored? I think Oregon. Oregon State? Yeah. No, Oregon. Oh, definitely Oregon. Over five. Yeah, over five. Oregon State for the Colorado-Oregon State matchup. Oh, I thought you were talking about Oregon if they were playing. Oh, my mistake. No. Um, yeah, I think Oregon State is uh, favored that. It's favored in that one. It's Colorado minus three. Really? Yeah, and it moved huh. from minus two. It went from uh, minus two to minus two and a half. And then today, in the last uh, couple hours on Tuesday, it shot up to three. Huh. ESPN gives Colorado a 60% chance of covering. I wish I was enough of a basketball expert and had watched enough oh, Colorado like, basketball to understand that pick. Yeah. But pretty shocking. Who, who is their player? Who is Colorado's guy? Because, you know, that was that was a blind pick. I, I know nothing about Colorado basketball. Right. I mean, uh, Oskia Booker is their leading scorer. He is, I'm, I butchered that oh, name, so yeah, I apologize I if... I apologize. He averages uh, 17.2 points a game. Um, then Josh Scott is second with 13.8 points per game. And then Xavier Johnson is third with 10.6 points per game. They're the only guys who average in the double digits for them um, points-wise. But Wesley Gordon they have pulling down all the rebounds. All the rebounds. I, I think that's why, then. I think Booker himself, because I, I definitely heard that name. I know Ossia Booker, is, he's a player. Right. As is Gary Payton Jr., though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, if we're just going to get way ahead of ourselves, uh, Washington, yeah. Stanford, and Utah. Hey, you know what? It's our podcast. We'll do whatever we want. Um, oh, Washington, we played twice. We lost uh, 85-77 the first game, won the second game 78-74. Uh, Stanford was the other team. We beat Stanford for the – what? A, okay, we didn't talk about this. What a trip to the Bay Area for Oregon basketball. Yeah, what was it? Since uh, first sweep since 1976? I couldn't believe that. It was the 70s. I know that. I think it was 1976. That's unreal. <sighs> Empires have risen and fallen multiple times. Yeah. In the, in, the, in, the, in the time it took us to sweep the Bay Area. And, and it's not like those two schools are, are powers. It's not Syracuse no. and Louisville. No, but shit gets weird in Berkeley. Yeah, that, that makes. I was born in that city. Yeah, tell yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, shit's shit's weird there. ATQ yeah. South. Um, <laughs> so that was a eighty sixty nine win over Cal, and a seventy three seventy win over Stanford. So. Yeah, yeah that was a close one. That was a nail biter. Um, and then Utah, we played Utah once. Yeah, we played them once, February 22nd. I was at that game. Yeah, yeah 69-58. To be quite honest, Utah just did not look – at that point, weren't they already, like, clinched? They already knew – Utah was all this year. I think they knew they were headed to the tournament, you know, midpoint on. It was Utah kind of established themselves. Maybe, they but were Oregon sitting just – atop the conference. Oh, Oregon shot lights out. Oregon just looked better. Yeah, no, they did look like the better team. I don't know if – 
you know, and, and you know, because I, I went into that game thinking, okay, it's Utah, it's going to, you know, we could very well lose this game. And there was not, I was unimpressed by them. Okay. So if you if I would have went into that blindly into that game and I didn't know Utah's record or what they're, you know, in the conference, whatnot, I would have thought that they were probably 8 to 12 in the, in the Pac-12. Okay. From, as someone who was in the arena, what was it like when it was not empty? Oh, yeah. Like, that was, was it that moderately was, full or was it full? Okay, well, here's the thing about that game, though, is that game is when they, uh, you know, they kind of honored the football team. I think right. they had the trophy there, too. And there were scouts there. Uh, Canton Kamalu, I think he was there. I know there was another scout. So it was a big recruiting. And you know Eugene. Eugene, the, the city runs off of football and the revenue from it. And tickets were $15. That's a huge plus. And, yeah, and, and that, too. They were reasonably priced. So let's just ignore all that, that it was, you know, a lot of people did go, you know, to see Hellfrich in the game. But it was a great environment. You know, every time they hit a big shot, you know, it was up on the knees. Towards the end, it was like a playoff environment. And I liked seeing that. But, mm -hmm. you know, can they duplicate that, you know, consistently? Uh, I don't know. I thought, you know, Utah, I thought it would have been sold out. But, you know, it was pretty close. It was you know, I think it was good as what, what this team was going to get in terms of a turnout. Mm -hmm. uh, Utah, that game, shot 36.5%. Oregon shot 44.4%. Yeah, you love that stat, but you, you know that's not going to happen. Uh, you can't you can't bet on that. Yeah, rebounds were pretty comparable. Steelers were comparable. Utah had three extra blocks and three other turnovers. I compare that to like... Uh, so kind of like a, like a, the Arizona Oregon game, you know. Sometimes in sports, I was just set up for a team to go off and just completely blow the opponent out. Yeah, because it's you know environment. One team wants it more. I felt that was a little attributed. Oregon was the more, the better team that day, but I think just Oregon was you know destined to win that one. Yeah. All but right, uh, but on Perfect. on Washington, I'm calling on them. Um, I honestly thought Washington. I don't know what is their record. Where are they in the Pac-12? Let me pull this up real fast. See, this is the difference between my uh, avidity for college basketball and college football. Oh, definitely. So, like, college football, like ACC, coastal division. I could just rattle off everybody's records. Yeah. Um, Washington is sixteen and fourteen, five and thirteen in the Pac-12. That's. I can't even believe that. I mean, That's not good. I, I worked that game and you know, watching them a warm up. I, I literally thought, you know, just by looks that Washington looked to be the better team. That Sean Kemp Jr. is massive. Fantastic. Probably one of the biggest humans I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. Their but, wins are over Utah. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're a dangerous team. Washington State, uh, one Oregon game, Colorado, and one Oregon State game. That's why I'd rather face Stanford over Washington because I feel Oregon's athleticism causes Stanford trouble. Yeah. You know, just like in football. Stanford is very fundamental, you know, shoot the ball well, but you know, they typically just don't have many athletes and yeah. Such so, a nerd. So Yeah. Don't want don't want the Huskies if they advance. Right. For sure. Um any comments before any other comments before we move on to Oh, oh, Dana Altman, Pac-12 Coach of the Year. Well-deserving. Yep. Well-deserving. 
maybe more surprising, Joseph Young. Yeah, I heard there was some outrage over that. I feel like that's somewhat... I feel that his award, it definitely falls in the category of deserving, but it's yeah. definitely debatable. Oh, I agree. You could argue over it. Yeah. Um, and people do. Off, so. Off, what was it? Offensive player of the year? Um, Player of the year. Player of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it just is attributed to, okay, Oregon was not expected to, you know, finish second in the conference. Everyone wrote him off. And he was their best player. He's he's the face of Oregon basketball, Joe Young. And so I think they just, by default, it was, okay, well, let's, let's give him player of the year. Which, you know, I, I can see it, but I'm open to, you know, others' arguments on, on it. Right. I mean, I'm kind of surprised someone from Arizona didn't get it. Yeah, it's it's sort of the Kentucky effect. How you know they have their All Americans. They're loaded with, you know, five. Their starting five is just, you know, loaded with talent. Six, six through eight as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's just seen as more of a, a group effort, if you will. Whereas Oregon, it's since all the the transfers and no names, it's oh, Joe Young constant. Joe Young is doing it, him, doing it himself. Mm-hmm. And that might be the narrative people look at it. Yeah, I know he's been getting some pro looks from some teams. Yeah. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Props to him. Good oh, for him. And, and he was a uh, big props to him for promising that Oregon would make it to the tournament. Oh, yeah. Sometimes balls. that does not end well. Chip Kelly esque balls. Yeah. When you Rashid Wallace and you guarantee it, usually that's just, that's just you know fuel for the other team like okay easily blow up in your face that. yeah. yeah that's chalkboard right chalkboard material all right we're gonna have a lot more to talk about basketball next week oh definitely hopefully That'd they'll have up. four wins or three yeah. wins since they have a bye hopefully they'll have three wins pack 12 tournament champions and uh number one overall seed in the tournament by this time next week <laughs> yeah I'm calling it. Taking on a number 16 seed. Um, switching gears to football. Get your football fix in. Yep. The free agency deadline was crazy today. Especially... Uh, especially for... Well, it was officially started today, even though it yeah. kind of started yeah. yesterday. Some ducks moved around. And Chip Kelly, still jockeying. Working his way up. The long con. To get Marcus Mariota. Is that what the, the Bradford move is for? You think so? Um, yeah. The How does that, how does that work? I'm, I'm curious about that. So you move Foles. Uh, okay. One of the issues was is that the Eagles pick in the first round is like the 21st overall. Okay. The Rams pick much higher. So they swapped Foles and Bradford. Oh. And they also swapped first round picks. That's my understanding. It's not entirely clear what it was, but uh, St. Louis, the Rams' first-round pick had to be a part of it. Yeah, definitely. What are they? Are they uh, 10 to 15? They're 10. They're 10. Yeah, I think they're the 10th pick. And so that becomes much more reasonable because basically all these NFL teams have 
a list from the 80s that the Cowboys uh, invented um, that provides value for what every pick is. And the slope drops dramatically once you get out of the top five. And so moving up from 21 to 10 is absolutely huge. Because now if you're looking to try and get move up to number five, you're only asking the team to move down five spots. That's much different than moving down 16 spots. And of course, going with the first round pick, you're going to have to trade like a, ne- a first round next year, a second rounder this year, maybe a second rounder next year. So there's going to be more picks to go along with it. But, you know, if Chip Kelly feels that Mariota is going to is going to cover up a lot of the problems that they have or like cover a lot of issues then you yeah. know like like, like if, if a team was going back now and draw, Tom Brady was available people would trade their whole drafts for him so yeah. but it has to show a large amount of certainty which is kind of like what happened with Ricky Williams uh their coach was it Ditka I think it was Dika that traded like seven draft picks, or more recently uh, the RG3. yeah Washington um, and RG three. They're still dealing with those uh, implications, which is hilarious. Yeah, it's couldn't be happy to a better owner, right? (laughs) Um, and so then again, we're assuming that I don't I don't know how far he's gonna fall because everyone's talking about number six to the Jets. We're making the assumption in this case that Tampa Bay is going to pick James Winston, which, okay. for all intents and, and purposes, Tennessee, Tennessee picks number two, though, correct? Who does? Tennessee, right? If they take a quarterback, actually, they are that dumb. Yeah, because Jeff Jake Locker just retired today. Yeah, but they have Mettenberger. They were really high on Mettenberger at the tail end They're of the really year. High on it? Yeah, but I mean, if you have Marcus Mariota available, it's different levels. The thing is, though, is that if, like, terrible teams that draft quarterbacks don't do anything with them. Yeah. They don't have any support around them. I think it would be it would be much more beneficial for them to draft the defensive end out of USC. Oh, definitely, because look at Blake Bortles. Look at the Jaguars. Right. Well, the Jaguars are another colossal mess. <laughs> I think... With and the Raiders as well with the mm-hmm. with Carr. I mean, you're you're drafting a quarterback that is just gonna run for his life because he's got terrible teammates, and you know they he's not gonna thrive. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the biggest thing I take from that is that they got the Rams out of the way because the Rams are a scary team. They're young, they have the defense. You know, you add a few offensive weapons. I think they they could challenge for you know probably second in the NFC West, get into the playoffs. Now that they're out of the way, since you have their draft pick, I think it makes it more realistic. You know? I also think that the Rams will be significantly better because Sam Bradford isn't their quarterback anymore. Oh, absolutely! For no. some reason, only known to the Rams organization, they thought that Bradford was their guy. Yeah, Despite I, I all the evidence to the contrary. I didn't see it either. But yeah, Nick Foles should be good for them. He, he proved to be better than I thought. I didn't think he was getting anything special out of Arizona. But yeah, he'll make them better. Chip Kelly was 
raved about Nick Foles when he was at Oregon. And so really, yeah, I was unaware of that. Like if you go back to post game interviews and stuff, Chip Kelly always had the most praise for Nick Foles. Um, so that was one of the reasons I think that they were so happy to have Nick Foles. It's like Chip was so high on him, but now, um, but also Chip Kelly is like a quarterback whisperer. So it's kind of necessarily, it's hard to differentiate the ability of the quarterback and separate that from what Chip Kelly brings to the table as like a quarterback's coach, head coach. So, I mean, it's going to be Chip Kelly is doing things his way. Oh, t- That's for sure. You trade the Sean McCoy uh, in exchange for a linebacker who's coming off like a season-ending injury. Yeah. Granted, there's the cap hits and everything, which a lot of... And he's still young. You know, he's coming off the injury, but he's still young. Right. There's one thing, if it was Darnell Dockett is coming off, what is it, the same injury, and he's 34... Oh yeah, that trade doesn't happen. Yeah. Um. So Alon, speaking of ducks moving, Kiko Alonso is now with the Eagles. Holotinato was traded from the Ravens to the to the Lions. Lions, yeah. To fill in for Indomikasu, who left to be now the highest paid defensive tackle at in Miami. Yeah, six years, sixty million, unreal. Um. And then Max Unger, love Max Unger, traded from Seattle along with a first-round pick to the New Orleans Saints. For Jimmy Graham. And a fourth uh, round. A fourth rounder and a ham sandwich. Yes. It was, yeah, that was, they're scary. That is, and and what about these uh, Vince Wilfork rumors? To where? I think to Seattle. Oh. Isn't that happening as well? That's what I heard. I don't know, but that's terrifying. Yeah. Him playing one gap is terrifying. That offense, because, yeah, they're, they're keeping uh, Baldwin and Curse and Chris Matthews, correct? I think so. Along with Jimmy Graham, Marshall Lynch, and Wilson. To go with the best defense in the league. That is. Yeah, they lost scary. a few guys. Yeah. But, I mean, Unger, but the thing with that O-line, their O-line has always been the weakest, weakest link, and I think they've accepted that now. And he was banged up. They went they went undefeated when Max Unger was out last year. Yeah. So here, here's the question. Here's the, here's the big question I have for you, though. Brought forward. This issue is brought to light by your boy, Stephen A. Smith of First Take. Is oh, Chip Kelly racist? <laughs> because he keeps uh, I, getting rid of all the black guys, but he keeps Riley Cooper around, who is also a racist, apparently. Oh uh, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, and according to Stephen A. Smith, the the black people in Philadelphia are wondering what is going on. I I can't believe we're talking about this, but I had to bring it up. Oh, oh, definitely. I, I mean, someone on ATQ posted uh, some, some commenter about, oh, Chip is definitely a racist. That's why he started Nate Costa over Darren Thomas and Brian Bennett over Mariota. Yeah. I, I mean, saw it, Bruce Feldman tweeted that out, too. That was hilarious. 
I mean, obviously, I know there's exceptions, and you know, this world isn't perfect. And, but how can you be a football coach and, and hold those beliefs? You know, like it's Chip Kelly is. No, that's. I don't think there's any ground for that statement. I know Stephen A. Smith and all those hot takes with Skip Bayless. Hot takes, the hottest takes. Yeah, he supplies the hottest of all. And I'm, I'm not getting. I don't really want to address that too much further. Okay, well, I'm going to. Go for it. <laughs> uh, the the backup quarterback they just resigned is a Mexican American. The the player that they received for Lashawn McCoy, yeah, is. He speaks English as a second language. His his roots are in Latin America. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Colombia. Like, just because they lost, like, they passed on, and then Jeremy Macklin was a free agent. Yeah, it's not like it's not like they were just like kicking people off the team. It wasn't like Boston pre nineteen seventy, where it's just like <laughs> no black people allowed. And also of note, Chip Kelly brought in John Carlos to speak to the Oregon Ducks uh, in 2011. If you're a racist, you aren't a fan of John Carlos, as Dave Zirin put it. Yeah. Fully agree. So, I don't know, like... I mean, yeah, I just... how How do these people... I'm so confused as to how these people get paid so much money. It's baffling to me. Yeah, I, you know, I just don't see any see any evidence evidence to uh, you know further this investigation of Chip. I, I guess for for Stephen A. Smith's sake, I guess we can say uh, we'll keep an eye on it. But <laughs> as of now, as of now, I think Chip Kelly is just trying to do the best. For the Philadelphia Eagles organization to win football games. At the end of the day, that is, I think that's all that guy thinks about. I think from morning till the, you know, he can no longer do anything. He just passes out. He's that guy has football in his mind, whether they're white, green, purple, black. I don't think Chip Kelly cares. Man, I hope so badly Marcus Mariota ends up in Philadelphia. Oh, likewise. I'm not a I'm not a Philly fan, but I'm a Packers fan, and even even though Mariota in an Eagles uniform is absolutely terrifying, I need to see it happen. Oh, definitely. That is that's one thing. Just with Mariota running that offense, I mean, obviously they would have to add some more weapons, but you know, if, but Chip fully believes it. He it doesn't matter if he has Lashawn McCoy or you know some unknown at running back wide receiver mm-hmm. it's the system prevails in his opinion and after watching what he did at Oregon and with Philly in his brief tenure it's hard to you know disagree I mean I was looking at their their roster of the nine ducks and I saw Will Murphy was an eagle <laughs> the wide it's blocker like, yeah <laughs> I remember I remember Will Murphy uh, when he was here and I would watch the games and it seemed like he would catch like maybe two passes a game. It'd always be like, like the first play. I think he still jammed at the like line the in Dallas. Side. Yeah. <laughs> How they would just hit him at the, he would get like two yards on a catch and they'd be like, Oh, you know, good catch. Will. and then, and then that would be it. It would, it, you know, you would never see him after that. After what those two heck catches. of a now, blocker. Yeah. And now he's, you know, doing it in the NFL. Yeah. I read a really good article 
of course, that's why I'm forgetting who wrote it, um, that cited how uh, it was a response article to a writer who compared Chip Kelly to Steve Spurrier when Steve Spurrier went to the NFL and he oh, started with Florida. Yeah, and he started just bringing in all his Florida guys. And the this response article was saying, yeah, but Spurrier was like featuring the, the Florida players that weren't up to par. And Chip Kelly's using the Oregon guys as like roster filler, at, at providing depth. Because those are guys that yeah. know what it takes, basically. Like he's already like pre screened them in a way. Oh, absolutely. He knows what he's getting. Recruited him. And yeah. Yeah. So, God, Chip, so, Chip Kelly is just so smart. Oh. So smart. Definitely. And I really hope he kills it in Philadelphia because if he ever comes back to college and it's not for Oregon, I'm going to be the bitterest ex of all time. Oh, same here. I'm going to be I so bitter. See that? Because you know he would go to a powerhouse school. Oh, you yeah. Know, the, bull, the historical bully to Oregon. He'd probably go to USC or something or a Florida State or some school like that. I, or like I think it would be a Southern team. And it'd be awful. Yeah. I could see that. I could see him going and reviving like Tennessee or something. I'd actually and, really like to see him just be like, you know what? Screw it. Army. <laughs> like pick a really yeah. obscure school and be like, <laughs> this is all way too easy. I'm going to pick Hawaii. Or something like that. That, that is something he would do. I, I think he gets bored. Yeah. And so that's why I think you know. I mean, taking John McCoy as your running back—that's too easy. Yeah. <laughs> too easy. Let Chris me Paul, get some, some more kid. carries. Yeah. Let me draft some uh, kid from Georgia Southern in the sixth round and see what he can do. Yeah. <laughs> Screw it. They have one of it's the like best a, offensive It's a Belichick. Yeah. It's a Belichick thing, you know. They're, they try to outsmart everyone in the room. Yeah. Most of the time, right. And I think they just enjoyed messing with us. Yeah. Just having us like, wait, what? Why? It's hilarious. Just def- define logic. Yeah, it's hysterical. All right. Any closing comments? Things we missed? No, I should do reviews? it. I should do it. All right. No, go Ducks. Go Ducks. I'm Rusty, here with Dom, signing yeah, off. Thanks for having me. Very Talk first to you guys. One. Oh, yeah, it was great. This was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, see you guys next week. This is my show now. I'll see you guys next week.